Our word today is grateful. Two men were walking through a field together on a beautiful fall day, kind of like today. All of a sudden, they spotted an enraged bull. Immediately, they ran toward the nearest fence trying to get out of the field. He started charging them as he saw him, angry that the men were in his field. As they looked toward the fence and then looked toward the bull, they realized they were in trouble. One of the men, most terrified, shouted to the other, Say a prayer, John. We're in trouble. John said, I never pray out loud. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But you have to pray, his companion yelled. This bull is catching us. All right, said John, as he ran as fast as he could, both of them together toward the fence. I'll say the only prayer I know. My father used to say this around the table. Oh, Lord, for what we're about to receive, make us truly thankful. (laughs) Some people pray only when they're in trouble. Some people pray prayers of thanksgiving, and they're not really prayers of thanksgiving. They're just rote prayers. And then there's the interesting paradox for human beings, and especially in our culture. The more we have, the less grateful we become. The more we have, the more we assume we deserve it or we've earned it and it's ours. And we don't don't need to express gratitude for it. And then the more we have, the more aware we are of what we do not have. And perhaps the biggest challenge of all and a surefire guarantee of misery, we begin comparing ourselves to those who have more, and we become envious and jealous and um, find ourselves more discouraged than ever. And all of this is a problem. All of this leads us away from God. All of this runs counter to the life of faith and discipleship that's laid out uh, through the Scriptures. From the beginning of the scriptures all the way to the last pages, the Bible urges us and Ginger's reminding us, be grateful. Be grateful in all things. God knows and Jesus teaches over and over that expressing our gratitude shapes our mind, our heart, our lives, ourselves in a wonderful kind of way. But it takes practice. Grateful hearts don't emerge automatically. We have to work at it. Grateful hearts come from intentionality and discipline. Perhaps I've told the story before um, about how my parents tried to teach manners and uh, decency to me and my siblings. When I was growing up uh, with my siblings on Seminary Avenue in the north side of Richmond, my parents uh, got us a little puppy, a brown and white beagle, And my father insisted that we name the beagle, please. It was an effort to teach manners. If we had to call the dog, it would be, come here, please. (laughs) And we would be reminded regularly of the importance of decency and manners. My parents knew that those things, manners and decency, didn't come automatically. They had to be practiced with intentionality and my father always said we need to get another dog and we need to name him thank you 
Maybe we could easily learn the word please, but another dog would teach us gratefulness because you got to keep working at it, practice it, be intentional about it. Over and over, the scriptures are talking about gratitude. And Psalm 57 is an unusual and wonderful kind of gratitude. It's easy to be grateful when things are going well. It's more difficult to express our thanksgiving, our gratefulness when we're struggling. But gratitude is meant to be for all days, not just for the good days. Grateful is the way of faithful life. Grateful is meant to shape all of life. Psalm 57 is about giving thanks, especially when life is difficult. As Elba pointed out, this psalm is attributed to David, and it comes out of a particular context of David's life when he was fleeing from Saul. Saul was jealous. Saul was angry. Saul was after David. So if this psalm is by David, we can imagine some of the challenges that David uh, faced in that day. The psalm starts out with a clear description of some real threats on David's life. And he asks for God's mercy. And his soul takes refuge in God until, he says, the destroying storms pass by. That's the language in the psalm. We don't know all the, storm, the storms that David faced, but we know he was often surrounded by enemies trying to kill him. And he looks to God who promises to save him. God will send forth steadfast love and faithfulness, David reminds us. He expressed this, his confidence in God, his gratitude to God, even amidst the suffering and the threats and the worry, even as he, and I quote, lies down among lions and who, that greedily devour human prey, their teeth are spears and arrows. Perhaps like we've known in various seasons of our particular lives, David was surrounded by enormous struggles and he was afraid and people were after him and yet he wrote these words. He was in a hard and a painful and a lonely place, yet look and listen to what he says. My heart is steadfast in God's love. I will sing and I will make melody, O God, I will give thanks to you. I will sing praises to you among the nations. So in spite of the struggles, in spite of the uh, difficulty, David gives thanks. In spite of the threats around him, the challenges coming at him, he practices gratefulness. Gratefulness is meant to be a major piece of faithful life. Life with God and life for God centered in gratefulness. We're called to nurture grateful hearts every day of our lives that leads her to deeper discipleship. In recent weeks, our nation has lost a great citizen in the death of Arnold Palmer. My preacher friend Todd Jones is like Palmer from western Pennsylvania. And Todd recently shared with our preacher group a true story about Arnold Palmer. It's a story that involves Arnie and a younger professional golfer at Augusta National where they always host the Masters Tournament. One day, Palmer noticed a fan who was asking for an autograph approach this younger professional golfer. 
Palmer watched as his colleague, the other person on the tour, uh, ignored the request, refused to look the fan in the face and walk by. Palmer then quickly walked up to the particular fan and called the golfer colleague over. Come over here, friend. I want you to be introduced to my friend behind the ropes here. And embarrassed, the young professional golfer signed the autograph and he whispered to Arnie, I, did, I, didn't, know, I didn't know that was your, your friend. And Palmer looked at him and he spoke the fan's name and he said, all these people are my friends. All these people are my friends. It was a lesson in what it means to be gracious and what it means to be grateful for the people and the blessings that fill our lives. Grateful in good seasons and bad seasons is how we're called to live. When gratefulness shapes us, graciousness also becomes part of us. That's how we live. This is actually what Paul the Apostle is writing about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, our second lesson for today. Listen to these words. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of us must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. This Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word of the Lord. Here's what this passage emphasizes. God will provide. God will multiply your seeds. You will be enriched by God in every way. And the generosity of your sharing will magnify God's grace in the world. And all of that is to say we can trust God. And when gratefulness shapes our lives, graciousness becomes our way. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. In fact, it says when we're not grateful and when we're not gracious, our lives actually suffer. Those who sow sparingly reap sparingly. Those who are grateful and gracious reap bountifully. That is the indescribable gift, according to the Apostle Paul. 
Paul is articulating here what we find all through the scriptures. In all things, be grateful and you will find blessing. And in all things, be grateful and gracious and the surpassing grace of God will be multiplied, multiplied, covering our lives and the world. Some of you know that this past week I went again uh, to Massanetta Springs near Harrisonburg to offer help and care to another group, a large group of police officers who've been affected, traumatized by incidents in their regular police work. This was the 13th seminar that we have held in Virginia. The first seminar took place in June of 2009 in our chapel behind me here. Our mission budget helps support this work. This was number 13, and it's the second one this calendar year, the second one that we had even at Massanetta Springs. We had 40 officers coming from various incidents, shootings, crises across the state, 13 Virginia State troopers from various incidents. We had a whole van of police who rode up together from Norfolk, They came from several different shooting incidents that they had been a part of, and there were police there from the western part of the state and the northern part of the state and all around. And we had six officers from other states. It was three very hard days, once again, that led to amazing healing and encouragement for those who serve and protect across our commonwealth. This seminar and this work with traumatized police has been funded originally by the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Program. It's most recently been funded by the Department of Criminal Justice that has given us a grant across the last three years, but that grant is running out in this coming June. So we're working on other kinds of funding, and we have some leads on that and important people helping us, but funds are tight, especially funds like this that provide help and care for traumatized police officers. You've probably seen in the news about the state police's declining budget. They can't even fill all their slots and none of those officers have had a raise in the last three years. But as the director of the Virginia Law Enforcement Assistance Program, I got another check in the mail recently. The check came in a very small envelope addressed to our program, Virginia Law, VA LEAP, and addressed to this church, which is where we receive mail. It came in a little envelope with no note, $50. I have been getting these checks across the recent months from a couple that I've never heard of before, a couple whose address is Roanoke. Small envelope, no note, another $50 check. I write them a little thank you note every time. I look at that check, $50, and I think about Paul's word. God will provide. God will multiply your seeds. You will be enriched by God in every way. And the generosity of your sharing will magnify God's grace. And all of that affirms we can trust God. And when gratefulness shapes our lives, graciousness becomes our way. This unknown couple from Roanoke, in a little envelope, sends it in. Again, they know something about gratefulness and they're living with graciousness and that graciousness is making a difference in the lives of police officers who need help and care. 
The Apostle Paul teaches us what the Bible teaches us. It's about God, always. And it's about gratefulness, always, which leads to gracious living. Now, we find ourselves in these days, and life can be kind of complicated, especially as we come upon an election. There are tensions abounding. There's disdain for one another and various parties. Lots of uncertainty. Actually, this is not unlike the context that Paul was writing his letter to the church in Corinth, especially 2 Corinthians. He's trying to get them to move from fighting with each other to focusing on God's purposes. He's trying to get them from doubting his leadership to doing God's work together. He's trying to get them so rooted in the gospel of Christ that they become reconciled to God and reconciled to one another. And one great way that all of this manifests itself in the world is through gratefulness. Grateful hearts living with grace. See, when we're grateful, we do not just say prayers when we're in trouble. We seek to live gracious lives that make a difference. When we are grateful, we don't just come to church or join the church. We seek to become part of the movement. The movement where we give our lives to God's work generously, sacrificially, faithfully, especially for the needy and the forgotten and the traumatized. When we're grateful, we don't just keep doing the same thing the way we've always done it. We seek to grow, and we keep growing in faith, in love, in service. When we are grateful, we always hold on to hope. Hope, and we trust God, and even when the dark days come and evil surrounds us, because it does come, we know we are held in God's steadfast love and we seek to be grateful like David. When we are truly grateful, we strive to have lives shaped by graciousness and generosity. Not just hoping the church can uh, do all that it wants to do, but we reach deep into our abundance and live generously, graciously, helping to make it happen, seeking to be cheerful givers, embodying the graciousness that God embodies for us, pledging our lives to God's good work in the world together, grateful, grace, always grateful. May God so touch our hearts and spirits this day that we can trust God and live in gratefulness. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise, to serve you with grateful hearts and gracious lives. That, O oh God, is to abide forever. We commit our lives to that way, following Christ our Lord. Amen.